Book One, Chapters Six through Ten of The Consoling Thoughts of Saint Francis de Sales by Jean Joseph Huguet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book One Consoling Thoughts on God, Providence, the Saints. Chapter Six The Love of Jesus in His Passion. The Eternal Father so loved the world that he gave it his only son and the son so loved the will of his father who desired the salvation of human nature that without taking into account the meanness or contemptibleness of the thing he willingly offered a prodigious price for its ransom namely his blood his toils and his life thus our saviour through love devoted himself to the will of his father and to the redemption of the world he advanced in every mystery of his passion saying o oh my father this loved human nature would be sufficiently redeemed by one of my tears but that would not suffice for the reverence which i owe to thy will and to my love i wish besides my agony in the garden of olives to be scourged to be crowned with thorns to have my body reduced to ruins and to become as a leper without form or beauty thus the sweet jesus was scourged crowned condemned mocked and rejected as man devoted destined and dedicated to carry out and endure the opprobriums and ignominies due in punishment to all sins and he served as a general sacrifice for sin being made as it were an anathema separated from and abandoned by his eternal father the divine saviour wished to die in the flames of love because of the infinite charity he bore towards us and by the force and power of love that is to say he would die in love by love for love and of love this is what he himself says no one takes away my life but i lay it down of myself for i have power to lay it down and to take it up again he was offered says isaiah because he wished it his body being by right immortal and impassable on account of the glory of his soul he rendered it through love and by a miracle mortal and passable he wished even after his death to have his side opened that we might see the thoughts of his heart which were all thoughts of love and that we might go to him with confidence in order to hide ourselves in his side and to receive from him an abundance of graces and benedictions in this manner from the first moment of his life until the present hour has the kind jesus been continually drawing arrows if we may so speak from the quiver of his love with which to wound the souls of his lovers showing them clearly that they can never love him near so much as he deserves my god could he show more love to sinners than to become a perfect holocaust for their sins ah if we could see the heart of jesus such as it is we should die of love for him since we are mortal as he died of love for us while he was mortal and as he would die again if he were not now immortal nothing has so much power to wound a loving heart 
as to see another heart wounded for love of it oh that our lord would change hearts with us as he did with saint catherine of siena in such a manner that we might have no other heart but his no other will but his no other affection or desire but to love him and to be wholly his the pelican seeing its little ones stung by serpents wounds them on all sides with the point of its bill in order that the venom imparted to the body by the serpents may be extracted with their blood but seeing them die it wounds itself and pours out its blood upon them as if to vivify them with a new life its love wounds them and suddenly through this same love it wounds itself bees never wound without being wounded to death seeing then the saviour of our souls wounded with love for us even to death and the death of the cross shall not we be wounded with love for him and with a wound most lovingly dolorous never indeed can we love him so much as his love and his death deserve ah if my soul is the spouse of jesus crucified and suffering i ought during my whole life to regard it as a great favor to wear his livery that is to say the nails the thorns and the lance remember my soul that the banquet of his nuptials is prepared of gall and vinegar seek not for pleasure or joy in this world it is too great an honor o king of glory to drink with thee the chalice of sorrow may it never happen to me to refuse this draught because o god says david it is the beverage of thy beloved the image of jesus christ bruised wounded pierced crushed crucified has always been a beautiful mirror of love into which the angels and saints could never cease to gaze enraptured with sweetness and overflowing with consolation and if the picture of abraham wielding the sword of death over his dear and only son had power to make the great saint gregory bishop of nisa weep as often as he contemplated it how much more ought the image of our lord sacrificing himself on the cross to move us a sacrifice which is the source of all the graces we have ever received and of all our holy resolutions in such a manner that through it alone we preserve fortify and accomplish them since then our lord has so much loved us that he has equally redeemed all bedewed us with his divine blood and called us to himself without excluding any one since he has become all ours to make us all his giving us his death and his life to deliver us from eternal death and to procure us the joys of eternal life that we may belong to him in this mortal life and yet more perfectly in the next what remains what conclusion have we to draw unless that living we should no longer live for ourselves but for jesus christ who died for us that is we should consecrate to him every moment of our life referring to his glory our works our thoughts and our affections my soul live henceforth amid the scourges and the thorns of thy saviour 
and there as a nightingale in the bush sing sweetly live jesus who didst die that my soul might live ah eternal father what can the world return thee for the present thou hast made it of thy only son alas to redeem a thing so vile as i the saviour delivered himself to death and unhappy me i hesitate to surrender my nothingness to him who has given me everything chapter seven abundance of our redemption god clearly foresaw that the first man would abuse his liberty and that forsaking grace he would lose glory but he did not wish to treat human nature so rigorously as he decreed to treat the angelic it was of human nature he had determined to take a blessed peace to unite it to his divinity he saw that it was a feeble nature a wind which passeth and returneth not that is to say which is dissipated as it goes he had regard to the surprise of the assault which the malicious and perverse satan made on the first man and to the greatness of the temptation which ruined him he saw that the whole race of men would perish by the fault of a single one for these reasons he looked upon our nature in pity and resolved to receive it to mercy the devil had taken us away from our natural lord and though he had no title to us yet our lord redeemed us redeemed what was his own to make us more his own if more his own we could be st paul says you are bought with a great price what is this price he redeemed us with the blood of the lamb he pardoned not his own son but delivered him to death for us that the sweetness of his mercy might be adorned by the beauty of his justice he resolved to save man by means of a rigorous redemption which no one being able to make except his own son he appointed that he should redeem men not merely by one of his loving actions which would have been more than sufficient to redeem a thousand millions of worlds but by all the innumerable loving actions and dolorous sufferings he would perform and endure even to death and the death of the cross to which he destined him wishing that thus he should become the companion of our miseries in order to make us the companions of his glory hereafter showing in this manner the riches of his goodness by a redemption copious abundant magnificent and excessive which acquired and as it were reconquered for us all the means necessary to attain to glory so that no person can ever complain as if the divine mercy were wanting to him the least drop of our lord's blood was of infinitely more value than we and nevertheless to make us more his own he wished to shed it all who will doubt the abundance of our means of salvation since we have so great a saviour in consideration of whom we have been created and by the merits of whom we have been redeemed for he died for all because all were dead and his mercy has been more salutary to redeem the race of man then the misfortune of adam was venomous to destroy and so far from the sin of adam having exceeded 
it has on the contrary rather excited the divine goodness which by a sweet and loving contention being invigorated by the presence of its adversary and massing as it were all its forces for victory has made grace superabound where iniquity had abounded so that holy church in an excess of admiration cries out on the eve of easter o truly necessary sin of adam which has been blotted out by the death of jesus christ o happy fault which merited such and so great a redeemer certainly we can say with one of the ancients we were lost if we had not been lost that is to say our loss has been to our gain since in fact human nature has received more graces by the redemption of its saviour than it would ever have received by the innocence of adam if he had persevered in it though the divine providence has left in man along with the grace of its mercy several striking marks of its severity such as for example the necessity of death the pains of sickness the obligation of labor the rebellion of sensuality yet the celestial clemency rising above these takes pleasure in turning every misery to the greater advantage of those who love it making patience spring up from labor contempt of the world from the necessity of death and a thousand victories from concupiscence and as the rainbow touching the thorny aspilathus renders it more odorous than the lily so the redemption of our lord touching our miseries renders them more useful and more amiable than original innocence would ever have been the angels have more joy in heaven says the saviour for one sinner that does penance than for ninety-nine just who need not penance and in like manner the state of redemption is a hundred times better than that of innocence through the sprinkling of the blood of our lord made with the hyssop of the cross we have been restored to a whiteness incomparably more excellent than that of the snow of innocence coming forth like naaman from the river of salvation purer and cleaner than if we had never been defiled in order that the divine majesty might not be overcome by evil but might overcome evil with good and that his mercies might be exalted over all his works chapter eight our lord practised all the most excellent kinds of love number one he loved us with a love of complacency for his delights were to be with the children of men and to draw man to him becoming man himself number two he loved us with the love of benevolence pouring his own divinity into man in such a manner that man was made god number three he united himself to us by a union so close and incomprehensible that nothing was ever so closely united as the most holy divinity and humanity are now in the person of our lord number four he dissolved as it were his greatness to reduce it to the form and figure of our littleness whence he is called the fountain of living water the rain and dew of heaven number five he fell into an ecstasy 
not only as saint denis says because through the excess of his loving goodness he became in a manner out of himself extending his providence to all things and finding himself in all but also because as saint paul says he quitted himself emptied himself laid aside his glory and grandeur descended from the throne of his incomprehensible majesty and so to speak annihilated himself in order to arrive at our humanity to replenish us with his divinity to overwhelm us with his goodness to elevate us to his dignity and to bestow on us the divine existence of children of god and that expression which has been so often used i live saith the lord he has been able to repeat in the language of his apostle i live now not i but man liveth in me my life is man and to die for man is my gain my life is hidden with man in god he who dwelt in himself wishes henceforth to dwell in us he who had lived from unbeginning ages in the bosom of his eternal father becomes mortal in the womb of his temporal mother he who had eternally been god becomes man for eternity to such a degree has god been ravished and drawn into an ecstasy through love for man number six he loved us to admiration as shown in the cases of the centurion and the canaanian woman number seven he lovingly contemplated the young man who had observed the commandments from his youth and desired to know the way to perfection number eight he took a loving rest among us and sometimes with suspension of the senses as in the womb of his mother and during his infancy number nine he had tendernesses towards little children whom he took in his arms and lovingly caressed towards martha and magdalene towards lazarus over whom he wept and also over the city of jerusalem number ten he was animated with an extraordinary zeal which as saint denis says made him jealous turning away as far as lay in him all evil from his loved human nature even at the risk and peril of his own life banishing the devil the prince of this world who appeared as his rival and competitor number eleven he had a thousand thousand loving languors from which proceeded those divine words i have a baptism wherewith i am to be baptized and how i am straitened until it be accomplished he foresaw the hour of being baptized in his own blood and languished for its arrival the love he bore us pressing him to see us delivered by his death from eternal death thus he was sorrowful even to a bloody sweat in the garden of olives not only through the bitter grief he felt in the inferior part of his soul but also through the immense love he bore us in the rational part the one giving him a horror of death the other an extreme desire of it so that between this horror and the desire he suffered a most cruel agony even to a great effusion of blood which flowed as from a fountain trickling down upon the ground number twelve finally 
this divine lover died in the midst of the flames of holy love because of the infinite charity he bore towards us and by the force and efficacy of love that is to say he died in love by love for love and of love for though the cruel torments were more than sufficient to cause the death of any one yet death could not enter into the life of him who held the keys of life and death unless divine love had first opened the gates to death allowing it to enter and to plunder his divine body of life love not being content with having made him mortal for us if it did not also see him die it was by election and not by compulsion that he died no one taketh away my life he says but i lay it down of myself i have power to lay it down and to take it up again he was offered says isaiah because he willed it and therefore it is not said that his spirit departed or separated itself from him but on the contrary that he gave up his spirit breathed it out and placed it in the hands of his eternal father accordingly saint athanasius remarks that he bowed down his head to die thereby to consent to the approach of death which otherwise could not dare touch him and crying out with a loud voice he surrendered his spirit to his father to show that as he had sufficient strength and breath not to die yet he had so much love that he could no longer live without vivifying by his death those who otherwise could never avoid death or attain to true life on this account the death of the saviour was a true sacrifice and a holocaustic sacrifice which he himself offered to his father for our redemption while the pains and dolors of his passion were so great and excessive that any other person would have died of them yet as far as regarded him he never would have died of them if he had not willed it or if the fire of his infinite charity had not consumed his life he was then the high priest who offered himself to his father and he immolated himself in love to love by love for love and of love beware however of thinking that this loving death of the saviour happened after the manner of a rapture the object for which his charity led him to death was not so amiable as to ravish his divine soul to it no his soul quitted his body after the manner of an ecstasy pushed and impelled by love as we see myrrh pouring out its first liquor from abundance alone without being pressed or drawn in any way this accords with what he himself has said as already remarked no one takes away or ravishes my life from me but i lay it down voluntarily o god what a furnace to inflame us to the performance of the exercises of holy love for a saviour so good seeing that he so lovingly performed them for us who are so bad the sweet charity of jesus christ presses us chapter nine god looks upon us lovingly notwithstanding our weakness you ask me whether our lord thinks of you and whether he looks upon you with love 
yes he thinks of you and not only of you but of the least hair of your head this is an article of faith we cannot doubt it i know well indeed that you do not doubt it but only express as you have done the dryness aridity and sensibility in which you at present find your soul truly god is in this place and i knew it not said jacob that is to say i had no sentiment of it it did not appear so to me and that god looks upon you with love you have no reason to doubt for he looks upon the most dreadful sinners in the world lovingly when they have the least true desire to be converted to him tell me do you not intend to belong to god do you not desire to serve him faithfully and who gave you this desire this intention unless himself in his loving regard for you to examine whether your heart pleases him is not necessary but rather whether his heart pleases you and if you look upon his heart it is impossible but that it will please you for it is a heart most sweet most kind most condescending most gracious towards miserable creatures provided that they acknowledge their misery and who will not love this royal heart so full of tenderness for us you remark very well that these temptations happen to you because your heart is without tenderness towards god for it is quite true that if you had tenderness you would have consolation and if you had consolation you would no longer be in pain but the love of god does not consist in consolation nor in tenderness for if it did then our lord would not have loved his father when he was sad even to death and cried out my father my father why hast thou abandoned me and still it was at that moment he made the greatest act of love which it is possible to conceive we would always like to have a little consolation a little sugar in our tea that is to say the feeling of love and tenderness and consequently consolation and in like manner we would much wish to be without imperfections but we must have patience to belong to human nature and not to angelic nature our imperfections ought not to please us on the contrary we should say with the holy apostle o oh, miserable me who will deliver me from this body of death but they ought not to astonish us or to take away our courage we ought even to derive submission humility and distrust of ourselves from them but not discouragement nor affliction of heart much less doubtfulness of god's love towards us thus as the weakness and infirmity of a child displease its mother yet she does not cease to love it but cherishes it with tenderness and compassion so god while he approves not of our imperfections and venial sins does not cease to love us tenderly hence david had reason to say to god have pity on me o lord for i am weak but enough live joyful our lord looks upon you with love and with so much the more tenderness as you are the more feeble never permit your mind willingly to entertain thoughts to the contrary and when they come regard them not turn your eyes away from their iniquity 
and have recourse to god with a courageous humility to speak to him of his ineffable goodness by which he loves us poor abject and miserable as we are alas what obligations we are under to our lord and how much confidence we should have that what his mercy has begun in us it will accomplish and that he will give such increase to this little vessel of oil the good will we have that all our vessels will be filled with it and many others belonging to our neighbors too but we must close the door of our chamber fast that is retire along with our heart more and more into the divine goodness chapter ten how much our sweet saviour loved every one of us personally consider the love with which jesus christ our lord suffered so much in this world particularly in the garden of olives and on mount calvary his love had you in view and by a long series of pains and sufferings obtained from god the father the good resolutions of your heart and whatever else was necessary for you in order to nourish and strengthen them o resolutions how precious you are since you are the fruit of the passion of my saviour how much my soul ought to cherish you since you are so dear to my jesus o saviour of my soul you would die in order to purchase these resolutions for me grant that i may die rather than lose them think well on this faithful soul it is certain that on the tree of the cross the heart of our lord jesus beheld yours and that he loved it and by his love obtained for it all the favors which you have ever received or will ever receive among them your good resolutions yes pious soul we can all say with jeremias o lord before i existed thou hadst regard to me and didst call me by name what a difference between those who enjoy the light of the sun and those who have only the faint light of a lamp the former are not jealous or envious of one another for they well know that their light is more than sufficient for all that its enjoyment by one does not hinder its enjoyment by another and that no one possesses it less while all possess it in common but as for the light of a lamp which is feeble of brief duration and insufficient for many every one desires to have it in his own chamber and here arises an occasion of dissension the worth of sublunary things is so contemptible and mean that while one enjoys them it is necessary that another should be deprived of them and human friendship is so uncertain and weak that in proportion as it is communicated towards some it is enfeebled towards others on which account we are jealous and annoyed when we have not companions the heart of god is so abundant in love its excellence is so infinitely great that all can possess it without any one possessing it less this infinity never being exhausted though all the beings in the universe should be filled with it for after all are filled its infinity always remains the same without any diminution 
the sun does not look less upon one rose in the midst of a thousand millions of other flowers than if he looked down upon it alone and god does not shed his love less upon one soul while he loves an infinity of others than if he loved it alone the force of his love not being diminished by the multitude of rays which it sends forth but always remaining full of his immensity oh my god how frequently we should put the query to our soul is it possible that i have been loved and so tenderly loved by my saviour that he was pleased to think of me in particular and in all those little occurrences by which he has drawn me to him how much should we appreciate them and how carefully turn them to our profit what is sweeter than this thought the amiable heart of my god thought of my soul loved it and procured a thousand means of salvation for it as if he had no other soul to think of in the whole world as the sun enlightening one portion of the earth shines nothing less than if it did not shine there so our lord thought of and labored for all his dear children in such a way that he thought of every one of them as if he never had a thought of the others he loved me says st paul and delivered himself for me as if to say for me alone and just the same as if he had done nothing for the rest of men this consideration faithful soul should be engraven on your heart to nourish and strengthen your resolutions which are so dear to the saviour god then is good to you is it not true but to whom is the supreme lover of hearts not good those who taste him can never be satiated and those who approach his heart cannot refrain from praising and blessing him forever after having made these touching considerations you ought often to repeat with heart and mouth the burning words of st paul st augustine st catherine of siena and others no i am no longer mine whether i live or die i belong to my saviour there is nothing left of me or mine my being is jesus my property to belong to him o world thou art always the same and i indeed have always been myself but henceforward i shall no longer be myself no we shall no longer be ourselves for our hearts will be changed and the world which has so often deceived us will be deceived by us for perceiving our change only by little and little it will imagine us to be esau's and we shall really be jacob's it is necessary that all these sentiments should sink deep into our hearts and that leaving our reflections and our prayers we should pass to our affairs sweetly lest the liquor of our good resolutions should evaporate and be lost for we must allow it to saturate and penetrate our whole soul everything nevertheless without strain of mind or body end of book one chapter ten